this is Phil Diaz. I'm the pastor at Greencastle Church of the Nazarene, and this is our podcast. I want to thank you for joining us today. It's my prayer that God would use this podcast to speak to your life right where you're at. I pray it also builds your faith and helps give you perspective on how God can work, move, and transform your life. Enjoy the message. Are you guys excited for the word today? Amen. I'm excited for the word. I've been excited all morning. I was excited last night when I was getting things put together. I hope that you are ready for the word today. Ready. Amen. 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 Let's give God praise for his word. Amen. I was so excited. I've been going between two different versions of the Bible. So I hope that's okay. I'm going to use the King James and the NIV today. Amen. Amen. So we're going to be in the book of John today. We're going to be in chapter 21. So towards the end there, John chapter 21. And I want to look at verses 15 through 25. But there's one verse in particular that I want us to focus in on today. But I want to give us a little context for the one verse. So if you would, let's stand for the reading of the word of the Lord. John 21. I want us to look at 15 through 25. And I want us to pay attention to verse 22. This is what the word of the Lord says. And I'm going to read from the NIV. When they had finished eating, Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon. Son of John, do you truly love me more than these? Well, yes, Lord, he said. Did you know that I love you? And Jesus said, feed my lambs. And again, Jesus said, Simon, son of John, do you truly love me? And he answered, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. And Jesus said, take care of my sheep. And the third time he said to him, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And Peter was hurt because Jesus asked him the third time, do you love me? And he said, Lord, you know all things, you know that I love you. And then Jesus said, be much. I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and went where you want. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands, and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And he said to him, Follow me. Peter turned, and he saw that the, that the disciple whom Jesus loved was following them. This was the one who had leaned back against Jesus at the supper and had said, Lord, who is going to betray you? When Peter saw him, he asked, Lord, what about him? Jesus answered, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is that to you? You must follow me. Because of this, the rumor spread amongst the brothers that this disciple would not die. Ooh, that's, a, that's a juicy church gossip rumor there. But Jesus, <laughs> but Jesus did not say that he would not die. He only said, if I want him to remain alive until I return, what is 
back to you. This is the disciple who testifies to these things. And he wrote them down. We know that this testimony is true. Jesus did many other things as well. And every one of them were written down. I suppose that even the whole world would not even have room for the books that would be written. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we come before you today because we are hungry for your word. We are hungry, Lord, for this sustenance for our soul. We're hungry, God. And we need filled today by your Holy Spirit. Lord, will you take this word and fill it to the needs of our physical, our mental, our emotional, our spiritual state. Lord, will this word speak to us in a way that it will just move us into closer proximity of transformation of being more like you. We pray this, Lord, in Jesus' name. You guys may be seated this morning. So verse 22 is my key verse today, but I needed to give you some context. And so in the King James, which is the Old English, because not a lot of people talk like this today. This is the King James. This is what it says. It says, Jesus saith unto him, if I will that he tarry, will I come? What is that to thee? <laughs> Follow thou me. That's the old English. It's a lot of spitting and slapping, I think, back in the old English. <laughs> it didn't make that into the translation, but that's how I imagine it. It's very Shakespearean like. But this is what the Lord said. This, this is what the Lord had said to one of his disciples. Jesus asked a question. Isn't that weird? Why would the Son of God, who knows everything, ask any sort of question? But guess what? This wasn't his first time asking the question. If you go back to all the rest of the Gospels, Jesus always asked questions. In fact, his questions were the best. So if you want to learn how to ask questions, study the Gospels. <laughs> One of the biggest questions that we can ever ask ourselves in our life is this. What is the question that has changed your life? Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever had a question posed into your life situation that just utterly shook you to the core and changed everything about you? There's all kinds of questions in the world, all kinds of questions out there. Last year, one of the biggest questions ever was, where's the toilet paper? <laughs> and now the question is, how many of them can I buy at one time? When I go to the store, it's like, I can only get one roll at a time. I have to go multiple times to the store to actually get what I need. Another question in life, why is this happening to me? And how many of you have ever asked that of yourself? Why is this happening to me? Lord, have you ever asked that? A question of distress. One of the questions I know that actually gets a lot in her meetings with, with her work is this. What's your why? What's your why? Not the letter why, but the word why. Why do you do what you do? Isn't that a good 
question to ask yourself sometimes? Why do you do what you do? It's a question that can change your entire outlook and perspective on things. Another question, will you forgive me? Ooh, will you forgive me? Question that can change our atmosphere. One of the biggest questions I ever asked in my life that completely, utterly changed my life was this. And some of you know this. It's this question right here. Will you marry me? <laughs> she said yes. Just to let you know. Amen. I praise God for my wife. She just does so much. I just want to thank her this morning. Thank you for marrying me and making me about halfway normal. I appreciate it. I appreciate that. But it's, it's interesting. Questions have a way of transforming our life, right? Questions have a way of transforming our life. You know, my life was changed when a question was posed to me. Do you know the Lord as your Savior? Do you know who Jesus is? Do you know what the Word says about God in general? There's questions that changed my life. And here we have a question today that can change your life too. So, within these words, if you use the NIV or the King James, it's either eight words or nine words, however you look at this phrase. But this is a phrase that says this. It says, Jesus said, what is that to you? What is that to you? And then he followed it with this. He said, follow me. This is a question that's also followed by a command. And the question can prompt some things within our lives that hopefully make us think about where we're at within our life. Let's look at the life of Peter for a minute within this context. Peter was in a new chapter in his life. But in order to talk about that, we kind of got to go back a little bit. We got to give it a little bit of context. You see, Peter originally, he had left all that he had to follow the Lord Jesus. Yet, in the midst of all of that, Peter denied the Lord three times. Three times. He said this. He said, when they were asking him, are you with this Jesus fellow? He says, I am not. Not me. No, no, no. What? Did we see you hanging out with this guy? No. I am not. No. No. Not me. And then the last time, he just broke him to tears. Because then, yeah, I think, I think what happened is he actually realized what he was doing. Because the Lord had actually predicted his betrayal. And so here we are. This is after the resurrection. And Jesus was in the backdrop of kind of how they started. They were fishing. This is how they were found to begin with. They were fishing. So here they are, the disciples are fishing again. And Jesus had questions for Peter. He asked him three times, do you love me? And when we read it, we think, that's silly. Why did he ask him three times? Didn't he know the first time? I mean, if I was like, Ashley, do you love me? She'd say, yes, I love you. Ashley, do you love me? Yeah, I love you. Ashley, do you love me? Quit being weird. <laughs> 
But Jesus asked this three times to Peter because there's a significance in that. Because it was three times that Peter denied the Lord. So Jesus asked him three times, do you love me? Do you love me? And then Jesus dropped a revelation in Peter's life that would give him an outlook of his life, of his ministry, and even his death. He said, I tell you the truth, when you were younger, you dressed yourself and you went where you wanted. And then he gave this piece of prophetic information. But when you are old, you will stretch out your hands and someone else will dress you and lead you where you do not want to go. And Jesus said this to indicate the kind of death by which Peter would glorify God. And then Jesus, after all that, he still said these two precious words. He said, follow me. Follow me. And then, this is where we get interesting within the story. He turned, Peter turned, and saw. So his eyes were not focused on what Jesus and he wasn't, he wasn't focusing on what Jesus said. He turned and saw that the disciple whom Jesus loved, which, by the way, is John. This is how John writes about himself within his own book. Okay? So, this was John. And this was the one who had leaned against Jesus at the supper and said, Lord, who's going to betray you? John asked that question to Jesus. And then when Peter saw him, he asked, But Lord, what about him? What about this guy? You're telling me all this crazy stuff. What about this guy? What about him? What about him? And then Jesus just simply answered him back with this, with the question. He didn't give him an answer. He said, what is that to you? What is that to you? Jesus, the Son of God, the risen Christ, the everlasting one, the Alpha, the Omega, the Messiah. He answered back, not with a straight answer, but he answered, answered him with a question. What is that to you? Church, so many of us would be in hot water if we answered all of our lay folk with that kind of question. You want to know how that would work? Well, do you guys wear a couple masks in your services? What is that to you? What's the weather going to be like, Pastor? What is that to you? How'd you meet your wife? What is that to you? We couldn't do that. But see, this question, this question has to be prayerfully considered in our lives for several reasons. Because the context of this question, it's not an angry Jesus at his disciple. But this, this question that he, he gave is a question that comes from concern of understanding exactly as to whom and to what our focus should be in life. That's why this question was given, I believe, by the Lord. Our focus has much to say about who we are at times within our life. So how does this question affect us in the here and in the now? Well, I want us to look at three things today. I want us to consider the Lord's question. Consider this question. What is that to you? If you are allowing another person in your life to keep you from trusting and serving the Lord. Consider that question. Say what? what? Say what? What? Say it together. What? what? What is that to me? What is that to you? Friends, I know this can be sometimes a sensitive question. 
and can be sometimes a sensitive area within our lives that we, we don't want to open up to. But so many of us easily look at sometimes the failures of others before we look at the failures of our own selves. We love pointing out the things that everybody else does wrong. And I'll, I'll prove you on that. You go to your favorite fast food restaurant and you try to wait 30 minutes for your food. You're easily going to point out how long it's taken to get your food through the drive-thru. I guarantee you. <laughs> then, when you get your food, <laughs> then you're going to be like looking there. Oh, they did not put extra hot, hot sauce on my super hot burrito. <laughs> how dare they? Can't them guys get anything right? It's so easy for us to point out that. But here's the, here's the thing. You don't know what that person's, what their whole state of mind is just trying to fix food when they've got 50,000 orders that they got to get out. And there's only one guy making all the food because everybody else decided, it snowed, I got to stay home. You don't know what that's like. So many of us hide behind doors of hypocrisy some within our lives. We like to point out what everyone else is doing wrong, but not us. We have to remember, friends, that we are accountable for the sins of our own selves and not for the sins of others. Every one of us shall give an account before God, our Lord and Savior. And it says that in Romans 14, 12, if you do not believe me. So say what? So what excuses will you be giving God when you stand before Him? It's crazy, but you know, sometimes, sometimes the people closest to us within our lives can sometimes also be the ones keeping us from growing closer with God. And it's crazy to think that. Because sometimes it's easy to Try to look at the failures of your spouse before your own self. It's easy to look at the failures of your boss or your co-worker. It's easy to look at the failures of your friends or your family. But guess what? We have to look past the failures of others and set our focus on the Lord. We cannot live the Christian life by riding on the coattails of anybody else. We cannot place our faith in anything else. We cannot do anything else except give praise to God on the solid rock by which He stands because it's through Him that we have a rock to stand on Him to begin with. Amen. Amen. But pastor, what about, what, 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 what about, what, what is that to you? Say what? What? What, what is that to you? Another thing I want us to consider is the Lord's question if you've been hurt by another Christian. Many of us in the church, sadly, can attest to something like this. Because how cruel sometimes our, our brothers and sisters can be. And how self-righteous they can sometimes be at times. How can you defend the right to life when you want to blow up everybody? It doesn't make any sense. Because I've had, I've had Christians in my life, well, if we could just, if the, just all the people who want to kill babies, just kill them instead. Well, you can't make something right by doing something wrong. Sin is sin. And sin, we're against it. Amen. That's what my father-in-law would say. So how, how in the world, how can some of these ministries take people's money? And trust, but yet 
you know, blow their money on sinful living and then call it okay. Listen, we might make mistakes and we might mess up, but here's, here's the difference when someone makes mistakes and then someone wants to go willfully living in sin. The difference is this. We can mess up, but when we mess up, we know we need to come before the Lord and confess that as sin and come before Him. And we need to repent. <laughs> we need to repent. We need to make things right between us and between God and to understand that it's not our will that we need to be choosing, but it needs to be His will, His way. It doesn't matter about the opinion of other people. It doesn't matter about how much we may think that we value their opinion because the only thing that we need to focus on is the Lord. Amen. This is what Peter was doing within this passage of Scripture. He's trying to put the focus on someone else. He's trying to put the focus on John. And here's the sad thing. I know too many Christians who used to serve so faithfully in the church, but they were hurt by someone else within the faith, and then the cause of Christ is harmed by the, the careless tongues of, of people, by the careless attitudes. And then what happens is that person, they have this bitterness grow within them. And they exchange bitterness for the blessing that they could have had in God, because they let that bitterness fester and grow within their life. And then they come into church every Sunday and they wonder why they don't get anything out of the service. That's because they've been harboring something within them that God needs to take out. You can easily see how gossip in this text almost distorted and destroyed the situation. I mean, look what Jesus said. He says, because of this, the rumor, the rumor, <coughs> even rumors are going on within the disciples. They weren't perfect people. It says the rumor spread among the brothers that this disciple would not die. But Jesus did not say that. He didn't say that. He only said if I wanted to remain alive until I return. What is that to you? What is that to you? Jesus is he's like, it doesn't, it shouldn't matter. It shouldn't matter. Let me ask you, has someone failed you in your life? Have you failed someone maybe in your life? One of the things we have to ask ourselves is, what is that? What is that? And why? Have we hurt other people? Have we been playing holy roller to somebody just to make ourselves feel better in life? Do you intentionally like to cause division and drama? You know, that's the kids say, say, save the drama for your mama. <laughs> Listen, there's some of that, and it goes on. But what is that to you? Is that more important? Is that, that drama, that piece of something that, ooh, I got something real good and juicy, ooh, I can't wait to tell sister so-and-so. And then sister so-and-so tells another sister so-and-so. And then there's other 20 so-and-sos that know, and 40, 20, and then like the whole church and the whole city knows. Church, we got to be better than that. And for those who have been hurt, I just want to say this this morning. I, I've been hurt by other Christians. My wife, we've experienced all different kinds of hurt from other brothers and sisters in Christ. 
And this, let me tell you this, it's not easy. But I want to tell you this from your pastor is that if you've been hurt, we love you. And we want to try to make things right. We love you. And if you're the one that's spreading hurt, guess what? We love you too. <laughs> we love you too because we believe in a God that's bigger than all of that. Because here's the thing about this passage. The chief focus is on the things of God. That's what we need to be focused on. People are going to make mistakes. People are going to let you down. People cannot be in the same seat as Christ within our hearts and lives because people are infected with sin. And it takes Jesus to cleanse and purify us from that sin. It takes the Lord. It takes His hand. This is why we believe in a God who can transform even the worst of us. The most messed up of us. This is why we believe that God can do something grand within your life. Because He proves it in His Word time and time and time again. He can take the worst of us and make us into a precious jewel. That's what God is all about. But it's a process, church. It's a process. And the problem is sometimes we don't want to go through the process. We just want all the good stuff right away. But let me tell you, it's worth the process when you know how God's refined. Last point. I want us to consider the Lord's question this morning. If you've ever been in a position where you've been envy of someone, it may be envious of their talent, maybe envious of their position, their influence, something of that sort. The question that was brought up was, Lord, what shall this man do? Peter was trying to compare his works to that of John. Well, Lord, if I'm going to go feed the sheep, well, what's John going to do?
stuff to you. God often chooses to use those who think they have very little to offer. Because many of us are like, well, look at my life, Lord. Can you use me? Look, look how old I am. Or, you know, Lord, I'm just a teenager. I, I don't know nothing. You can't use me. Look, what about my disability? I can't get around like I used to. What about my lack of education? What about my past? And God says, what is that to you? I can use you the way that you are. You just come before me. That's what he says. Amen. Give a praise to God. What is that to you? He has purpose for your life and a plan for you that's uniquely woven. Just for you. Say what? 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 <laughs> so what? <laughs> what area do you feel like you're struggling with this morning? Are you willfully letting someone or something get in between you and the Lord? Are you willfully letting someone's actions or words get in between you and God? Are you envious of someone or something that's getting between you and the Lord today? What is all of that to you? Why does that really matter? In the grand perspective of things. There's something so much better. Than the things. That can hinder our walk with the Lord. There's something so much better. Let me just say it this way church. From the things that can hold you back. There's something so much better. Than the hurt that you've endured. And that you're carrying with you. There's something so much better. Than the shifting of our allegiances. There's something so much better. Than holding on. To the old. Something better is Jesus. Because all of those things are what get in the way of our walk with Jesus. But here's the thing you've got to be honest. You have to consider the Lord's question What is that to you? This morning, I want to open up our altars. I want to open up our altars for us to come and to pray and to face the Lord's question. I want you to, within your hearts, within your minds, to get in a posture of just being serious with the Lord this morning. What is something in your life that's hindering you? I don't want you to leave the sanctuary wrestling with the question. And I don't want you to leave here and act like this has nothing to do with you. I don't want you to leave today and think that, well, I don't have anything to offer the Lord. I don't want you to think that because Jesus said, well, what is that to you this morning? At this time, I just want to be able just to, let's just bow our heads for a moment. Let's just pray. Let's just open up our hearts. Let's just find ourselves in a posture of worship around the sanctuary, if you feel. But our altars are here and they're open. And it was at an altar a long time ago where I found my peace with God, where I found my call to ministry. And right now, God is calling you into a deeper relationship and a deeper walk with Him. Let's just bow our heads and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, oh we make so many things within our life. The barriers between us and you. We put so many things sometimes between us. 
Just like Peter here within this passage, where he just kind of shifted his perspective and he started talking about John. He started talking about, well, what about this? What about that? And Lord, you just answered him and saying, well, what is that to you? Lord, that question is relevant for us here today within this house. <clears throat> Lord, I'm praying, Lord, within the hearts of all who have gathered here, that they can answer that question honestly within their hearts and lives. Lord, if, if someone feels led to come before the church today just to confess their sins, Lord, I want them to know there's a family behind them that loves them, that cares for them, and that it's not just a, a one-time thing, but Lord, our, uh, coming before you is an everyday thing. And Lord, we just need to find that posture of worship within our lives, within our prayer life, within our devotional life. Lord, we confess to you today of any sins we may have had that we have grieved against you. Father, we ask for your forgiveness on these things within our hearts and lives. Because Lord, I don't want anything to get in between me and you. I don't want anything to be a hindrance. Father, if there's hindrances in my life, Lord, will you... Help me to just lay them aside, to put them away, to kick them out. Lord, whatever it is, Lord, within your power, give me the strength. And I pray the same prayer for every single person sitting in this room today. Every single person gathered within your presence. Father, we give you thanks and praise for your work. We pray this, Lord, in your name. Amen. Amen. Church, today is a new day. Amen. Amen. The church is a new day. And it's a new day to heed the Lord's command. So, I'm just going to say it this way. Because I'm so excited about this message. If He leads you to the altar, in your car, in your bedroom, in your house, will you go? Yes. Amen. Amen. If He leads you to get on your knees, are you ready to follow? If he leads you to break your normal, are you ready to follow? Let me just say it this way. If he leads you to open your mouth and speak his praise, will you do that? If he leads you to uncomfortable situations and places, are you ready to go? If he leads you to ask for forgiveness, are you ready to follow? Amen. If he leads you to confess sins, to change your sinful ways, are you ready to follow? Amen. Because let me tell you, church, when you're ready to follow the Lord like that, when you're ready to lead, he's taking you on a new path. He's taking you on a path that you may have started here, but you're going to end up going around here. And the Lord's going to lead and direct you in a new way and a new position and a new direction of where you need to go because this is where he wants you to go. Because the path isn't always the one that we carve out for ourselves. The Lord, He takes us on a journey. And sometimes the journey, it takes us around like this. Sometimes He takes us through the middle aisle of life. But let me tell you, folks, when you're ready to say, Lord, I want to follow you, you got to be ready to follow wherever He leads and takes you. Amen. Amen.
church, my greatest and deepest prayer and desire is for you to follow the Lord in a deeper way. I pray that this message has helped to encourage you with it. May you go in the Lord's grace and peace. You guys are dismissed this morning. Let's praise God. Thank you so much for listening to our podcast today. If you would like to connect with me or Green Castle Church of the Nazarene, you can find us on Facebook at Green Castle Nazarene and also on our website, www.greencastlenazarene.com. May you have a blessed and wonderful day in the Lord.